The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Mrs. Palmore. Take your Bible and go back, if you will. Look at Isaiah chapter 1 and in verse 2. And here we'll see where the Bible says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Isaiah chapter 1 tells the story, if you will, as the prophet is complaining about Judah. Judah is now very corrupt. Judah is now, of course, uh, desolate. And then you'll see that Judah finds himself in a very horrible situation. You'll find, of course, as a matter of fact, that uh, they're living a horrible, rotten life. And so this morning, with that uh, in mind, I would like to speak this morning on healing for a rotten life. Healing for a rotten life. Here you'll see, again, in these verses, the Bible says that they rebelled against me. And that's talking about rebelling against the Lord God. And there's, there's no such uh, hurt uh, that we as a parent would have uh, as uh, when our children decide that they would rebel against that which is a mom or that which is a dad. Here you'll see that the Lord God is, is reminding us that he is the one that has given them birth. He is the one, if you would please, that brought them up. And so as they're rebelling against God, uh, these people are now uh, those people that are a rebellious lot of people. One, one day somebody said, well, I just don't want to put uh, uh, any type of rules in my house because uh, my son might rebel. Well, if your son is already in the heart rebelling, the rules is just going to reveal who he is. It's not going to cause him to rebel. And of course, this is exactly what's happening in Israel. The truth is being taught. The truth is being preached. And now the rebellion that's in the heart is beginning to come out. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. And so you see that God reminds us that even the ox knows its owner. Uh, the, the donkey or the ass, if you will, knows uh, his owner, knows the crib where any is. But then Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Now why is it that people decide, I think, not to live for God the way they should? Why is it that some people are consecrated while other people are not? Why is it that some people go the extra mile in trying to be close to the Creator God, while other people decide that they don't want to be close to God themselves? Why is that? Uh, over in Job chapter uh, 23 and verse 15 uses the same word, consider, where it says, therefore, he says, I am troubled at his presence. It says, when I consider, I am afraid of him. And so why is it that some people uh, decide to do their own thing? Thing, go their own way and decide to run their own lives. I want to give you a word, if you will, to be able to think upon, and that is the word consider. Uh, many times people do not consider things before they decide to make that which is 
decisions in their life. There are those that uh, the difference between those that have joy in their life and those that don't have joy in their life comes down to that word uh, consider. There are preachers that enjoy the ministry and there's preachers that do not enjoy the ministry and it comes down to that word uh, consider. There are couples that have happy marriages and there's couples that do not have happy marriages. It comes down to that word consider. There are those that come to church and uh, like coming to church, enjoy coming to church, hearing the songs, uh, fellowshipping together, uh, giving and being able to watch the house of God, be able to go forward in its desire to reach the world with the gospel. And then there's others that don't look at church quite that way. They look at church as if I go and I'm not pleased or I go and it does not meet my need, uh, then I'm not going to continue to be able to help get out the gospel around the world. Now it's all about that word uh, consider. A teenager uh, not considering their parents, how their parents love them, will not develop the relationship that they ought to have uh, with their parents. I think uh, what God is teaching us here in the book of Isaiah uh, about these that are called Judah is the reason uh, that they have found themselves destitute the reason they found themselves in a rebellious state. The reason they found themselves not close to God is simply because of the fact they just did not stop and consider. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, But Israel doth not know. Now, it already talked about the, the ox. It already talked about the ass. It's already talking about, if you would please, how they know their owner and they considered. But then it comes down to Israel, comparatively speaking, and say, But Israel is not as good off, or, or it comes down to Judah and says that Judah is not as good off as that which is these two animals, simply because they did not consider. All right? I think it's a time that you and I decide we'll stop and consider things. You know, we can thank God for some of the things that God has brought in our life. Uh, uh, there are those that come to church and shout. There are those that come to church and pout. It all depends on if they consider. There are those that are saved and there's lost undone. It all depends on if they consider Christ. It, it, uh, uh, there's the preachers that preach with overwhelming excitement, and then some you wish that they would get some. And it all depends on the fact if they have considered. Uh, uh, God, I think, has been good to our church. Uh, we're around 850 or so. That, to me, that's a blessing. That's good. Uh, we have uh, had the privilege of seeing 200 people who are out every week of the world with the nine different solding times to talk to people about Christ and to invite them to church and to be able to help them uh, as they go about their soul winning endeavors. Uh, I, I think as I consider that, that's a blessing. Uh, I think when I consider that we run 12 bus routes, I think that that's a blessing. To supporting 75 missionaries, I think that's a blessing. To baptizing uh, uh, 280 people last year uh, uh, here in the church, I think that that's a blessing. To seeing over 6,000 people saved last year just through our soul winners going out and people bowed their hearts and they told us that they got saved. Uh, I think that that is such a a blessing. Now I'm saying this, I think as you take and you consider some things, it's a blessing to consider some things. Uh, May 25th, Sylvia and I will be married 35 years. When I stop and I consider that, I can say blessing. 
blessing, okay? Uh, uh, you know, God has just been so good to us. Now, here's what Job said. Job said, when I consider, he said, I am afraid. So Job knew the power of God. He knew the presence of God. He knew the justice of God. He knew who the creator was. And he said, now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to consider him. I think in our Christian vocabulary, we ought to add the word consider. As you consider David over in uh, Psalm 8 and in verse 3, here's what David says. He said, when I consider the heavens. So David is backing off right now. He's meditating about the heavens. And as he backs off and he meditates about the heavens, you'll see all of a sudden uh, here at the end of Psalm 8 that David begins to shout. Now, why does David begin to shout? Here it is in Psalm 8 and verse 9. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now, oh, wait a minute. How did David get to that point? How did David get to the point where all of a sudden now that emotions begins to come up in his life to the point to the place where he is showing it outwardly with excitement as he begins to shout? How is it that David came to that place in his life? Here's what the Bible says that David stopped and David simply considered. Uh, have you done this? Uh, Jesus said, consider the lilies. Uh, have you ever considered what God has done for you? Uh, the Bible says over in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word hearing there uh, comes from the same word that we get the word consider. All right, and so here's what God is saying. God is saying, okay, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we say, now faith cometh by hearing and then by hearing or considering the word of God. What does that do? Uh, that brings you into an element or into a realm of more faith. Why? Because you're considering it. You know, somebody gets up and they teach the Bible. Somebody gets up and they preach the Bible. I hope that you are such a student of God's word that you sit there and consider it. Consider what God has done for you. Over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now consider that. Consider how good God has been, all your need. That means every need that you've ever had, God can be your supply. By the way, if God has already supplied your need, not your wants, but your need. If God has already supplied your need, then you ought to consider that and you can get, you can get downright happy about that if you let yourself. You can become like a David if you let yourself as David considered the heavens. By the way, you got up today and you breathed. Why? Because of God. You were able to get in your vehicle and make it to church this morning. Why? Because of God. You were able to walk down that which is the hallway, make it into the church auditorium and sit in a nice cushioned seat why? Because of God. Because God's been so good to you, you ought to consider having God as the one that guides your life. Here's what we understand. Uh, there ought to be some things that we stop and consider. Statement number one, stop and consider your marriage if you're married. Listen to it. The Bible says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall join unto his wife and they too uh, shall be one flesh. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 31. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, marriage is honorable in all. You think about this. You think about the time when your wife chose to leave her mother and her father and became your wife. 
uh, to be with you till death do you part. May I say that you ought to consider, stop and consider as she made that sacrifice. Stop and consider uh, how uh, when she became with child, she carried uh, in her uh, those little babies uh, walking into the jaws of death. Hey, consider how is it that she tries to defend your name. Consider uh, what she has done to be able uh, to come under you and allow you uh, to be the leader of the home. Uh, consider how she depends on you. Consider how is it that she tries to do what she tries to do. Oh yes, uh, many wives today uh, still uh, keep the house in good order. Uh, still fix the meals. Yes, they still uh, uh, wash the clothes. Uh, they still uh, iron or press the garments. They still uh, try to pray for you. They still try to encourage you. They still, even when you make a, a knuckleball I'm talking about uh, uh, not a smart decision. They still back you. They still love you. They still encourage you. Well, I think you ought to stop and consider her. Stop and consider her. By the way, you'll appreciate your wife a whole lot more if you consider her. She'll become more precious to you if you consider her. Oh, what about that husband? Husband gets up before the uh, break of day and gets prepared to go to work. So that many times the wife does not have to. Now, in some cases in our present day society, with our economy being what it is, sometimes for a while, uh, both the husband and the wife has to work, even though they do have children. And sometimes it's rather difficult. But if you are so blessed, if you are so blessed that you have a husband and uh, he has landed uh, that which is the job of God's choice for his life and he's the only one that has to work in the entire household. Oh, come on, dear lady. Instead of belly aching, why don't you praise God that you got some freedom? I'm saying this, uh, consider him getting up before the break of day. Consider how he works hard. Consider the stressfulness that he's under. Consider uh, how uh, uh, when he comes home at night, uh, you've got a man that worked hard so much so that he's tired and wore out. Uh, consider those things. Uh, he provides for you. He provides for the children. Uh, uh, he provides the meals and provides the clothes and provides a nice living place and provides protection. And he loves you like Christ loved the church and you got clothes on your back and food in your belly and he tries to lead you in a spiritual direction. Well, I'm saying this, when it comes to the marriage, maybe what you ought to do is just stop back up a little bit and just consider some things. Uh, stop being the person. Uh, we want everything perfect, but can I tell you, dear friend, that you do not live in a perfect world. You will never have a perfect marriage. You will never. Well, I just wish he'd straighten up. I just wish she'd straighten up. I wish they'd be perfect. When I, Bubba, if you look in the mirror, or sis, if you look in the mirror, you're staring at somebody this morning. When you look in the mirror, that's not perfect. So, so give it a break. Oh, may I say, in the marriage, I think what we ought to do, we ought to come back and we ought to consider. Stop and consider. Stop and consider some things about your church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, the Bible says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Of course, uh, Peter means uh, pebble, if you will. And so he's got Peter there. Uh, this is the way it went down, stand Brother Butler. And so uh, I representing the Lord, him representing Peter. He goes over to Peter and he says, now, Peter, I want you to know uh, uh, that uh, uh, thou art Peter. And then he points back to himself and he says, and, and, and upon this rock, I will build my church. The church is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, by the way, that's how come we emphasize the church so much. It's not a man-made institution. It was a God-given institution. God established the local church through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we have to understand, if that was the only institution that the very son of God established, it ought to be important to you. By the way, it will be important to you at the judgment seat. Now, can I tell you that here's what we understand. Uh, we ought to thank God that God has given us a place where you can love people and where you can uh, have soul winning ministries and uh, a place where we can help people by providing the free transportation, a place where you can have uh, Sunday school classes for all ages and uh, music choirs and music ministry for all ages, uh, where we've got the Spanish Sunday school uh, classes for all ages and the English Sunday school classes for all ages. Ages. And uh, we have ministries to the shut-ins and to the aged. And we have uh, a ministry uh, that is uh, summer camp and uh, sports programs and Far Above Rubies programs and Bible Blazes for first through sixth grade and Young Fundamentals for seventh through twelfth grade and College and Career Department and Deaf Department and Special Needs Department and 14 adult Sunday school classes and uh, trips just alone this year. Well, we've already taken through uh, uh, the Salazar family uh, a trip trip to Mexico and in our team that will report tonight that uh, uh, just got back from uh, uh, Thailand and Cambodia and we'll be in the Philippines this year. Uh, we're sending a team over to Africa this year, uh, to India this year, uh, trying to work out one in South Korea this year. So we'll be in seven different countries this year alone training soul winners, uh, training people how to get out on the street. And while we're winning people to Christ here, they're winning people to Christ there. And while we're preaching to the masses here, we're training them how to go into the schools there and preach to the masses. And you'll see that uh, tens of thousands of people receive Christ as Savior. Why? Simply because uh, we believe in missions, not just sending the missionary, not just supporting the missionary, but going ourselves as well. Uh, we have the Christian Academy here. We have the Vacation Bible School. Uh, we have the Christian growth programs through that, which is adult discipleship training at five. We have the food uh, pantry for the needy, and we have the active uh, teen department ministries and the active children's department ministries and the active uh, ladies' fellowships and the couples' retreats and the Bible preaching and the nursery for the services and the children's, I think now, uh, eight children's church services and the conferences and the uh, supporting of the missionaries. Uh, uh, you've got a lot to look at at the church and say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And by the way, we try to do it right. We try to. Uh, we try to. I've been in some churches across our land. When it comes time uh, uh, for singing, a pastor get up and he'll say, does anybody here have a special? Come forward. Now, if that's the best you can do, thank God for it. But if you can do better, it's better that you do better. Uh, it's better that somebody practice for a while. It's better that somebody get it down for a while. I think that everything we do ought to be done first class for God. 
I think the buildings ought to look first class for us. Why is it? I don't understand it. But why is it that our fundamental independent Baptist churches have to be uh, looking like second-rate churches? Ought not to be that way. Somebody ought to sacrifice. Somebody ought to get a burden for their own church and say, if the charismatics can do it, that don't preach the sound doctrine. And if uh, the Southern Baptists can do it, which many of them have compromised over the years, then those churches that stand for truth and those churches that stand up for what is right somebody ought to get a burden to say hey let's take this ship and go forward for Christ I'm saying this I'm saying we ought to stop and consider our church statement number next we ought to stop and consider our parents oh God has been good to us in giving us good parents uh, over in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 the Bible says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now that latter promise is given to those that obey and those that honor. Amen. Obey and honor. And then God says, it will, he says, and, and, and it will be well with thee. And uh, thou mayest live long upon the earth. May I say this? May I say that, uh, uh, that the length of your life, the length of your life is in the hands of the Lord. God is the one that decides how long you'll live. Oh, I'm all for taking vitamins. I, I'm taking them now. I, I'm all for exercising a little, and I do that from time to time. And, but, uh, you know, can I tell you this? That will give you a good life within the frame of your life. Uh, you know, have you ever wondered why uh, somebody, uh, they don't live a clean life, and yet they live to be 103, 104, 105? So why is that so, preacher? That, that's just not right. Well, you're not God. I'm not God. God's in charge of how long you're going to live. But those that live clean lives, I think, can enjoy the, the, the type of life they do live. Hello. Watch this. The Bible says here, children, obey your parents and the Lord. This, he said, for this is right. So it's right to obey them. He says, honor thy father and thy mother. It says, uh, with uh, uh, promise, the Bible says, uh, that talk about this is the first commandment with promise that may be well with thee. Thou mayest live long on the earth. There was an evangelist many years ago. His name was uh, Oliver B. Green. Oliver B. Green always had the testimony. If you heard him, he said, I'll never live to be an old man. Somebody asked Oliver B. Green one time, why do you think you'll never live to be an old man? And Oliver B. Green said, because he said, when I was a youth, I disobeyed my parents. I broke their heart. And I believe for every day I broke my parents' heart, God took a day off my life. He said, and I broke my parents' heart so many times that I'm going to live a short life. Well, God's the one that gives. Can you imagine? Uh, by the way, by the way, what would it be like if, if God did this for every day that you obeyed your parents and honored your parents, God lengthened your life? God lengthens your life. God lengthens your life. There's a promise there. But for every day that you disobeyed God, God shortens your life. God shortens your life. God shortens your life. How long would you live? I'm saying this. I'm saying the Bible talks about here how uh, uh, you ought to stop and consider, I believe, your parents. Uh, consider the fact that they've sacrificed for you. Consider the fact that they love you. Consider the fact that they have gone out of their way to provide for you. 
When's the last time you as a boy went up to your daddy and said, Dad, I want you to know you're my hero, and I'm going to tell you why. When's the last time you as a boy went up to your daddy and said, I want to thank you for working so hard outside the house. I don't have to work as a teenager. Uh, you provided for my living. You provided for my education. I just want to thank you. When's the last time you ever went up to your mom if she has to work outside the house and said the same? When's the last time you went up to uh, either one of them and just thanked them for all that they're Oh, I tell you, we live in such an ingrateful society. You know, that's where the socialism thing comes about, you know, and they're pushing, they're pushing. We want all, we want all. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Uh, but it's not about that. It's about uh, us working, each and every one of us, and doing our part for our own. Here's what we understand. We ought to stop and consider our parents. We ought to stop and consider soul winning. Uh, over in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30, the Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. You'd be amazed how God gives soul winners more wisdom than just the average Joe that's uh, out there trying to talk with people and et cetera. And God sharpens their people skills tremendously uh, because they go and they do the work of the master. Now, can I tell you uh, the difference between a soul winner and a non-soul winner or uh, somebody that's given a soul winning testimony or a witness, if you will, please, uh, difference between somebody that passes out a Bible track and somebody that doesn't pass out a Bible track is a difference between somebody that considers and somebody that doesn't consider. Uh, uh, when you consider that there is a place called hell, when you consider that hell has fire, when you consider that hell is the bottomless pit, when you consider that when a person dies without Christ, they're going to go in hell, uh, into hell and spend all eternity. When you consider those things, can I tell you, here's what happens. Uh, when you consider those things, it changes you. It does. It changes you. You begin to carry Bible tracts everywhere you go. It's not trying to get somebody to the church, my dear friend. It's trying to get them the gospel. I go, I live in Forney, and every time I go to the um, dry cleaners, I always take the lady at the dry cleaners uh, about uh, uh, 30 to 50 tracks. Say, so why do you do that? Well, she's not a member here. She got one of her tracks one day and she said this. She said, the clearest gospel presentation I've ever seen on any piece of paper is that gospel track you put out. And so I think everybody needs to know it. She said, so uh, uh, every, every week I go out and I pass tracks out for your church. I said, well, you don't even come to our church. She said, that doesn't matter. She said, the gospel needs to be gotten out. She said, and you've got the best written gospel plan I've seen, and so therefore, I'm going to use it. And then she made some other comments. Now, can I tell you, you ought to stop and consider soul winning. Stop and consider. You've got to start somewhere. You do. You've got to start somewhere. Now, by the way, you can start casually if you want to, and it's easy. Isn't it easy? Boy, isn't it easy. You take a gospel track out, and as you're leaving your table, you know, and you leave a tip. I know you do. But as you're leaving your table, uh, you leave that gospel track there. Boy, what, that, just, that was just as easy as snap. That's just as easy as could be. You didn't have to talk to nobody. You didn't have to confront anybody. You're going through the drive through there at McDonald's or Burger King or wherever, one of those places you like, and, uh, and you, uh, you pass them a gospel track and say, hey, this is for you. I'll read it on your break. Oh, that was just so simple, wasn't it? 
Well, that was just so simple. You go to the laboratory, you go to the restroom, and, uh, and you get ready to leave, and, and you just throw a gospel track here and there. Oh, that was just so easy. That was so easy. Get in an elevator, just lay one on the floor. Oh, that was just so easy. Wasn't that easy? That was just so easy. You know, uh, uh, you take and you just hand them out to people. You kind of rib it up a little bit, and then you go out and you just start handing them out to people. Hey, sure do care about you. Read this when you have time. That was just so easy. Sure do care about you. Read this when you have time. Oh, sure do care about you. Hey, read this when you have time. And boy, that's just so easy. Wasn't that easy? That was just so easy. And uh, uh, Denton and I was over uh, at McAllister's this, uh, last week, and we were talking a little bit. And I was getting ready to leave, and, and, uh, and I went to the tables, that, uh, you know, because I'm on my way out. And I say, hey, I'm the pastor right down the road down here. Uh, this is about how to go to heaven. Read this when you have time. Come see us. And I went to the tables as I was leaving and passed them out. Now, now wait a minute. That's not hard, is it? That's not hard. I gave it to a lady as I was leaving, and I, uh, with a smile, I said, boy, I'd like for you to come see us sometime. She said, I will. I said, you said what? She said, I will. I said, well, I, I, I expect to see you then. I, I'll be excited when you walk in the door. And uh, right, now I'm saying this. That's not hard. That's not hard. Uh, see, that stuff you can do as you're passing by. It's not talking about, well, I'm going to go out three hours sorting every week. And, and that's not talking about that. Now, uh, hopefully maybe you can graduate into some of that. And that's wonderful. And I thank God for it. But everybody can pass out gospel tracts during the week. Everybody can do that. Last, week, last year we passed out over 70,000 gospel tracts. Well, that's good. Well, we should be able to hit 100,000 this year. So what's that all about? Passing out pieces of paper. That piece of paper right there, my dear friend, has the gospel in it. And so everybody can do soul winning. Everybody can do that. Oh, I remember the story. I told it three times. This would be my fourth time in being pastor here in nine years. But uh, uh, I told the story, and I think it was Mike Ray. Mike Ray it was uh, that went, and, and he was out knocking doors, and people were mean to him. Back in those days, he was the youth director down at Central Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. People were mean to him. They were slamming the doors. It was a hot summer day, and he's just frustrated. Oh, he's just frustrated. And one lady slammed the door, and, uh, and uh, he said, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm quitting for the day. And so he went to a restaurant. He went to a restaurant, and it was uh, hot outside, and he left his billfold in the car. He was so frustrated. And so he went over to the restaurant owner. Wasn't anybody in the place. He said, look, I just want a glass of water. If you can charge me for it, I go out and get my billfold. If not, give me a glass of water. I'm just hot. I'm tired. I've had a bad day. So he got himself a glass of water. He had to use the laboratory, so he went back to the restroom. And uh, as he went back there, uh, he decided, well, I'm just going to throw some gospel tracts down. Nobody received them. Nobody was kind to me today much. And so I just put them on the floor. It don't matter. That owner, he did not know he's getting ready to file bankruptcy. He didn't know the owner was frustrated. The owner was going to close the shop up early, and he got himself a shotgun. Went back there and opened up one of those laboratory doors and sat on that toilet put that shotgun, nestled it up underneath his chin. He's getting ready to pull the trigger, and he looked down, he saw a piece of paper, said, if you were to die today, do you know for sure you would go to heaven? He thought, well, before I pull that trigger, I guess I better figure that one out. Picked it up, read it, bowed his heart, received Christ as Savior, uncocked the shotgun, Said, well, maybe I ought to go to that church. They cared enough to give me a gospel track. Amen. Went to that church. It's been going ever since. Amen. Now, can I tell you, uh, you'd be surprised uh, what you can do in just telling people the gospel. 
Look for ways to be able to do it. You know, uh, have yourself a meeting with your uh, friends that work uh, co-labors and just say, hey, look, hey, look, hey, look, just want to give you this. Just, that's all I want to do. Just give you this. Just give you that. Read it. If you have any questions, uh, uh, you can call my pastor. And I'll, I'll be glad to shoe in. That's what I enjoy doing. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying stop and consider soul winning. Then lastly, and I'll give it to you and I'm done. I said stop and consider your marriage. Stop and consider your church. Stop and consider your parents. Stop and consider soul winning. Here it is. Stop and consider eternity. Stop and consider it. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ their Lord. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So stop and consider that uh, there's a difference between somebody knowing for sure they can go to heaven because they received Christ as Savior and somebody not knowing for sure. Yesterday, uh, I went out to knocking doors. Oh, my. I was on about the 15th door, and it started pouring down rain. It started pouring down rain. And, uh, and uh, when it started drizzling, there was a fellow before I got to that door, and he was uh, outside. It started sprinkling just a little bit. And I said, hey, man, l let me invite you to church. And he said, well, he said, I don't go to church anywhere. I said, you're the one I'm looking for. I said, but more important than going to church, do you know for sure you go to heaven? He said, no, I don't know that. He said, but I think I might. I said, okay, if I was your friend, I wanted to go to heaven. What would you tell me to do? He started rattling off a bunch of stuff which showed me he didn't have a clue what he's talking about. And I said, well, come here, let me show you something. And started to sprinkle a little bit. He said, no, I need to go inside, man. He said, it's cold and it's starting to rain and we're both going to get sick together. I said, look, there's a shelter right over there. Let's go right over there. And I went over underneath that shelter and had the privilege to take that Bible and show him how to be saved. And he bowed his heart and received Christ as Savior. And then it started pouring down raining. My truck is at the other end, way down there. You never saw a fat boy run as fast as you saw me? Man, I, I took off just like a house of fire, you know? And I, I'm, I'm running down there, and somebody's passing me, and they're waving, and I didn't take time to wave. I was snooty. I was just booking on. Now, can I say this? I'm saying, look, uh, but me getting wet was worth that boy getting saved. Sure. Uh, I, I'm saying eternity. Consider eternity. You know, we're, we're a Baptist church, but we're much more than a Baptist church. You can go to any Baptist church. I would dare say that uh, here in the Dallas metro, there's Baptist churches everywhere. You could probably uh, go outside and spit real hard and you'd hit one. But we're a Baptist church that's a soul winning church. We're a Baptist church that's a gospel caring church. We're a Baptist church, if you would please, that cares that people are going to spend eternity uh, in heaven or in hell, depending on what they consider. And we have the truth for them to consider. May I say there's some things that you ought to consider. Father, bless we pray. Thank you for today. And God, I pray that you'd help us, please. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.